What is the thing that you should not hope in? And the answer should be clear as money. It's clear throughout the Word of God. Don't put your hope in money. As we begin, let's look at First First Timothy, chapter six and verse seventeen. First Timothy, chapter six and verse seventeen. It says there, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who work, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold of eternal life. You, you understand that this last week was a rough week for the stock market, right? You, you heard that. And, and um, I don't, I, it, I didn't lose any sleep over it. And I'm sure probably you guys, um, honestly, if if uh, you trust Jesus Christ and he's your hope, you probably didn't lose a whole lot of sleep over it. But I read something today that the hundred richest people in in the world lost. What was it? I, I was trying to look it up as I thought about it. Just a second before I got up, and I, I couldn't come up with the number. The amount of billions of dollars that they lost. It was like $555 billion that a hundred men lost last last week. Could you imagine that? I think it was $555 billion. On the top of that was like, you've heard of some of these guys, Bill Gates. He lost like $19 billion last week. I can't even imagine that. I couldn't imagine losing $1,900 in a week. That would that would be a total uh, letdown to me. Or or could you, Jeff Bezos was on there. He lost like $17 million, billion, billion with a B, dollars last week. And um, Elon Musk lost $9 billion last week. Whoa! I just I can't imagine that kind of money. It's been it's been said that for those guys though, if they were walking down the road and a dollar bill, a hundred dollar bill fell out of their back pocket, it would not be worth it for them to turn around and pick it up. They would have made more money uh, in the time than to turn around and do. Just can't imagine that. Um, but riches, they come and go. And that's the last thing in this world that you should have your hope in and, and place all your eggs in that basket. And don't have hope in money. It will, it will let you down. But if I put one thing up there that, that you shouldn't have hope in, and I know there are other things that we shouldn't have hope in, false gods and um, your home and your clothing and other things. 
But if that's the main thing, I, I, I in doing study of of the Bible and thinking about the Bible, that on a personal, that's the number one thing that people can put their hope in that's going to fall through. But I got a lot of things that, that you can have hope in. And so I've got a list of six things tonight I'd like to look at that we can have hope in. So let's let's take and let's put our bank accounts aside and say, you know what? I'm glad God has blessed me. I'm glad God has given me stuff. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, that can come, that can go. But these are the things that I'm going to have true hope in, lasting hope. And if you got your Bibles open to 1 Timothy, you shouldn't have to go too far forward in your Bible to get to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation so we need to make sure that that our hope is in that fact that we are wearing that helmet of salvation and you think about it if if we were to say what's the what's the most important part of your body to protect the head right and so what's the most important thing that we we need in the armor of god the helmet of salvation once you got the helmet of salvation, you could start worrying about the, the other things. But that's the most important one. Think about the guys who are in the trenches in the National Football League. What are they always talking about that they like to, to make better and to, to do better and they still worry that they don't get the job done? Is the helmet, right? And it's very, very important that we protect that head. Because damage to the head, damage to the brain can can really mess up your life. And sin does damage to your soul. And so I think it's very, very important that we have hope in our salvation. And that we wear the helmet of salvation. I was reminded again this week, I I was listening and hearing somebody talk about, about Ephesians and the armor of God. Where did we just read? We read from 1 Thessalonians, right? Chapter 5. And I've said this many times because people are always like, oh, Paul, when he was right and he was so familiar with the Roman, the Roman armor and stuff. And, and I've always said, yeah, OK. But I don't see see the Roman armor as the source of what Paul was talking about, because I found the armor of God from the Old Testament. And so I think the, the origin of the armor of God came from the Old Testament prophets, specifically the prophet Isaiah. And I think Paul just adapted it for his audience. And I think that's the most important thing for us to understand is that God wants us to be clothed in spiritual armor. 
Because it's a battle out there. And the first thing that you need is you need that helmet of salvation. And I don't know. If I had a kid playing football or baseball or boxing and I threw a helmet on their head, I wouldn't say swing for the for a 90 mile an hour fastball with that helmet. If they're playing football, I wouldn't say, okay, you gotta, you're wearing a helmet, so just go do it. Your head's still, still in danger because those helmets aren't something to have hope in. But the helmet, helmet that God provides, the helmet of salvation, that's something that you can have real hope in. Another thing that you can have hope in is found in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. So when we think about it, the riches of this world are going to pass away. The riches of, of this life are going to fade, and in the end, they're not going to matter. But what matters is what's inside. And we hear that often. What matters is what's inside. And what do you need to have, according to that, what do you have to have inside? What is it that you need to have dwelling in you? Christ. Christ in you. The hope of glory. When I stand before God, I'm going to stand there and any hope that I have for entering glory is found in the blood of Christ. We have to believe we have the responsibility to believe in him as our personal savior. And our faith in Jesus Christ, not faith not faith in faith. Not faith in good deeds, but faith in Christ is what gains us true riches, eternal riches. It's something to, to really have hope in. Let's turn back to Philippians. I mean, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians again, in chapter four. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say by the word of the Lord, 
that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means perceive those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the tr- with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So first we have the helmet of salvation. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now we have hope in the resurrection. The resurrection power that Christ gives us. This this life is temporary. But that resurrection is eternal. And we we know that because Christ rose from the dead, we're going to rise from the dead too. That's what that's what our hope is in. If you're a Christian here tonight, if if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, your hope is in the fact that one day Christ is going to call you home and you're going to res- you're going to rise again to to live with him forever. And your hope all comes on that third day. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And then the third day he rose again. We put everything in that. There's a lot of people that have put put everything in their life into something. Some people have put their whole life, their whole existence, and everything they shoot for into money. It'll fail them. Guarantee you. Some people have put everything into a home. A house has become what they've put everything into. A home can be gone just like that. Some people have put their everything into family, friends, career. Our hopes in eternity. That we we know where those who have gone before us that knew Jesus Christ, that they're in heaven. And someday soon, we're going to join them. And the reward is eternal. That's something that you can have open. I know I have hope in it, and I hope you do too. Romans chapter 8 has another thing that we have hope for. And I tried to I tried to make these in order when I put them down. And so Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 22 it says these words. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs, together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, 
eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does our does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We've got hope of a new body. I mean, let me tell you what. Sometimes uh, we definitely say amen to that. Uh, when your back aches, when your feet hurt, God's promised us. If you now think about think about the progression here. First thing you need to have your hope in that helmet of salvation. Because the helmet of salvation, once you've accepted, you you've believed like our verse of the month. You've come to believe and know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. You are saved, saved from the penalty, power, and presence of sin. And you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have hope of resurrection, that this is only the beginning, and that, that Christ, you are going to live forever with Christ. And now you, you look here and you say, you have hope of a new body in Christ. How awesome is that? That's amazing. That's something to hang on to. I, I've written down. I tell kids about once a week, I say, you are going on a note card. And they all begin to chuckle because whenever I hear kids say something strange, I put it on a note card. Here's some of the things that I've, and I tell them, I say, every once in a while, um, I'll pull out the note card and I'll read some of the strange things I've heard kids say for a uh, Say strange over the years. I've heard I heard a kid say once, "I know that I have a bigger forehead than you because my mom had me C-section." <laughs> I thought to myself, "I'm sure your mother would love to hear you say that right about now." And had another one say, "That's not my grandpa. My grandpa doesn't wear pants." <laughs> Girl eating a brownie in class one time said, said, I have to eat this brownie in class, Mr. Wilson, or else my liver will fail. <laughs> I, get, I, I don't know where they come up with this stuff sometimes. Sometimes they're sad. I had a girl one time say, Mr. Wilson, some things are impossible like my parents' marriage. I'm serious. <laughs> That hurt when I heard that one. I had a I had a boy one time, and this is where I'm going. He said, Mr. Wilson, when I was born, it felt like I was in the Milky Way. I think I looked at him for like 10 minutes. What are you talking about? I said... No, you don't remember anything like that. <laughs> if you did, no, I just, no. And I've heard kids say things like this, but 
One of the things is we look at John chapter 3, where I pictured, and I had that conversation. I said, who are you? Nicodemus? Who said, what do you want me to do, Jesus, to be born again? To crawl back up into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Got to tell you, when we talk about this hope of a new body, I'm glad we don't have to go through the whole process again. Right? That just does not sound fun. It does not sound pleasant. And, but we're going to get a new body. It's not going to be the body of a child. It's, gonna, it's not going to be the, a body with aches and pains. But you have, have hope that one day things are going to get better. Just think, everybody. We, we, get ex, we get excited when we hear about our friends, Don, Bonnie, Fred, doing better. Last week, they were all in a rough spot, every single one of them. Today, they're all doing better. They're n- not a one of them is out of the woods. But I was very glad when I looked at Bonnie Kaufman and I said, you look 100% better than you did the first time I saw you. You're more vibrant and, and you're improving. But you know, I know what? The truth of the matter is, is we have those ups and downs in our physical body. And it seems like with age, the aches and pains get more and more. And I know you're, you're sitting here going, Pastor Scott, you have no idea. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. But when I see kids every day and they're just bouncing around and at the end of the day, my feet are sore and uh, my knee hurts and stuff, I I, I get it, but I think about this. I'm one day closer to my new body. I'm one day closer to no aches, no pains, and I'll be running around and outrunning those kids. Can't wait. It's coming. Just think about the extremes of eternity life with Christ, new body. New life, eternal, life without Christ. No fellowship, eternal darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. They could, there, I don't think there's anything farther apart in what people have ever experienced. And the world doesn't get it. They're dead in their trespasses and sins and they're, Happy to be there. They need Christ to make them alive. Regeneration. It's a miracle. It's a new life in Christ is a miracle. And I want to see those types of miracles. I want to see them. Another one. Remember, we're progressing. We have the helmet of salvation. We have hope in that. Christ in us, the hope of glory, hope of a resurrection, hope of a new body, 
Let's look in Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Isn't it strange some of the things you remember and, and why you remember them? And maybe someone else besides me will remember this. Um, Derek Baker. His middle name is Thomas. Derek Thomas Baker. Dan, uh, Todd, their older son, is Daniel Todd Baker. And so their, their first boy was D.T. And they wanted their second boy to be named D.T. And Nance, Dan, Pastor Baker, Pastor Dan Baker, he said he wanted to name him Derek Titus. And Nancy said, no, no, no. Because it was sounded too much like a disease, Derek Titus. So that's how he didn't get his name to be Derek Titus. I remember Mrs. Baker telling me that a couple of times. So, um, but De Titus chapter one and verse two says, "In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie." Promised before time began. That verse has got a lot in it. If you are a believer in Christ, one of, one of God's elect, one of his chosen, one of those who believed in him, you came to the cross, found the grace of God, accepted him as your personal savior. You are his, and it says there, that you have hope in eternal life. And that, that life is promised to you by God. And guess what? God doesn't lie. Isn't that amazing? We read in John chapter 8 that some people can serve their father, the devil. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Then you have God who... He can't tell a lie. And he won't tell you a lie. So if he promised you eternal life, you are going to get eternal life. And you can have hope in that. So not only do you... Now picture here your hope. hope the hope progression for a Christian. We have that hope of salvation. We had a need of a Savior. And then after that, we have the hope that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's where our riches are. That's where they lie. Then we have a hope of a resurrection. That this life is not the end. And when we get there, we have hope of a new body. And guess what? That new body, it's eternal. Awesome. You ever want, I, I've never had a new car. And probably don't plan on it, but a slightly used car is new enough to us. When you get in that new car, it's just like, Ah, but how long does that last, right? Before that first check engine light comes on, and you're going, oh. What? First car pay. Yeah, that's about the time the check engine light comes on, right? <laughs> Good one, Carlton. But when Christ gives you that new body, six months later, you're not going to be going, oh, boy. Like, you think about people with their... Knee replacements and hip replacements and 
and back surgeries and stuff. Those things are good for, you start to feel better, but it's not too long before that starts breaking down. It's interesting. Usually a knee replacement doesn't last as long as the original given to you by the creator, right? Good to know, right? But when Christ, when Christ hands you that new body, how long, how long is that going to last? Forever. No breaking down. No replacement parts. No, no worry about coronavirus in, in heaven. No worry about cold, about breaking legs, all that kind of stuff. It's eternal. Here's probably the best part. Last thing that we can have hope in. 1 John chapter 3. Remember, this is a progression. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John 3, verse 1, says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. There's a lot there. Right now, you are God's child. You are part of his family. It's not like something that's going to happen to you someday later. If you have the helmet of salvation, you have trusted him in, and that's a that's a big if. Because if that if isn't a part of your life, then all, all of this, all the rest of that doesn't fall into place. You're one of those that we read about in Thessalonians that have no hope. But then you got, you're a child of God. Christ is in you. You have hope of a resurrection, hope of a new body, hope of eternal life. And then here we have the idea that one day it's going to be revealed, it's going to be open to us that we're going to be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And with him being like him, you know, I I know we've heard Jesus Christ was 33 years old when he died on the cross. So therefore, we're going to have our, our body like we were when we were we were 33. And and, and uh, OK, let's talk about our physical body. But look at here. We have this hope that we're going to be pure. So it's more than just, we already talked about, we're going to get a new body. It's going to be pain-free, and, and it's going to be perfect, and it's going to be eternal. 
But our eternal life, more than that, we're going to be like Christ, and we're going to be free from sin. Oh, thank the Lord. You are never going to have an argument because you or someone else has done something wrong. I know we talked about our feet hurting, our back hurting. We can handle that. But what about a disagreement, an argument with your spouse? Which would you rather have? A back pain or an argument with your spouse because you did something wrong? Tell you what, I'd rather have a headache than an argument with a spouse over sin. Which would you would you rather have? A toothache or a footache? Or an argument with your child because they did something inappropriate? Or a hurt relationship because of sin? I trade every every argument over sin, every wicked thing that's been done, every time I've broken someone's heart or someone has broken my heart for a pain. I'd take the worst headaches, the worst back aches, the worst feet aches, and I'd, tr- I'd trade it in a second. When it says here, we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And the good thing is, is today, because of what Christ has done, we don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. You could start getting victory over sin today. And it doesn't have to weigh you down. And it doesn't have to ruin your life. And I I know. Sin is going to be all around you. And you're still going to face the consequences of, of peripheral sin. Those around you you who are sinning. And your heart is going to be broken. And one day, that's going to be all gone. When we see Christ, sin no more. So again, let's look at the progression here. Number one, things you can hope for. First thing you have hope in is that you are saved from eternal separation from God. You're wearing the helmet of salvation. The second thing is Christ in you. Today, the hope of glory. Better than riches. It's eternal riches. You have the hope of a resurrection. A hope of a new body. The hope that new new body is eternal. And finally, number six, is you have that hope that you will be like him. And sin will be eradicated. And you'll live a pure eternal life. Do you have something that you could go away smiling about tonight? I think so.
Do you have something that you can, as you're living your life this week, that you can think, I have hope. I have Christ. And look at all these things that he's given me that I can have hope in. Amazing. Love that word. Let's close in prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you for these six things that you gave to us, Lord, that we can have hope in, that we can uh, just enjoy and look forward to. I thank you for saving us. Lord, I thank you that your son can live inside of us. Lord, I thank you that we're waiting for that resurrection day. Lord, that soon and very soon we're one day closer to a new body. And Lord, we don't even have to go under the knife to get it. Lord, I thank you that that life will be eternal. That it will be with you. And that one day we're going to be free from the presence of of sin. We're going to be living in our heavenly home, purified from sin forever. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to live in light, in hope of the light of eternity. Lord, that we'll choose that narrow way, that straight path, and it won't be long before we're in heaven with our King Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.